0: All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tailback slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. In this episode, we're going to get to the regular weekly picks for all Week 9 games all across the NFL. We'll also get to Andy's total prop teas and also your news of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator Atridge. What's up, buddy?
2: Oh, not a lot. How are you making up, Matty?
1: I'm making out all right. It was a decent week at the book
2: again last week. It was. But but we could strive to do better. Always. It was an exciting week on the gridiron, and then it became even more exciting uh, approaching the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, it's nice to see that the NFL trade deadline is a thing.
2: Well, it hasn't been for a while. Yeah. It's not like basketball or hockey. So yeah, I've always felt because it's too
1: early in the season. Uh, If you had that a little bit later where teams were definitely on the verge of a playoff spot or not, you might see a lot more movement of guys, especially in the final year of their contract
2: where a team yeah, might not want to pay them the next I year. Like, I kind of like it where it is now. Um, there was a lot of, well, we'll get, we'll get to specific instances later uh, when we cover the games, but there was a lot of bonehead trades and acquisitions. There, uh, I, yeah. Positive, what the fuck were
1: the lions one. thinking?
2: Well, we'll talk about that in All more right.
1: detail. I don't want to right.
2: spoil anything for later on in the episode. No. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. But, I mean, obviously, uh, while well, it seemed like they were filming an episode of The Apprentice in Cleveland this week, um, not only did Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley get fired from the Browns, but Ty Lue got fired from the Cavs. you fired. You know, he'd only been there three years, won a championship. And yeah. in three years of Mr. Jackson being in Cleveland, uh, racked up a very respectable three thirty-six and one record.
1: Yeah, I felt that the the Ty Lue firing was a little bit unjust. That's that season's pretty young. Uh, give the guy a little well, bit. Well they more were
2: all six, but I mean yeah, you, you 0- and six, six James in an eighty game season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But, but Hugh thought, Jackson I honestly, and Todd I Haley thought that Todd Haley was gonna stay on with the Browns and be the interim head coach. In fact, I think we talked about it last week. But now he's out the door and you got Greg Williams. Greg yeah. thinking Williams.
1: Bounty gate himself.
2: Uh. Here here Bounty gate, man. And I'm not sure if you recall his tenure in Buffalo, but I think he was 27 and 36 over the course of three seasons. The Bills didn't want anything to do with him. You know, leave it to the Browns to fire Hugh Jackson and find the only guy less qualified than Hugh Jackson to run the team.
1: Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh. unbelievable he also got the the part from the team's point of view they might even rally on this you might even see a little bit of a bump in their play i'm not saying they're going playoff oh that's usually
2: that's usually what happens and again especially when
1: it's an interim coach that was on the staff before and wasn't one of the ones that got fired usually players will round rally around that guy and usually get a little bit more of a performance bump
2: right uh, but i thought that would be more likely the case if they do a sort of promoted their offensive coordinator as opposed to their defensive one. Well, because I their defense is already playing well. Their I don't think Todd Haley to get
1: I don't think Todd
2: Haley gets a job in the NFL for a while. Mm might as an assistant somewhere. I don't know. College ranks you're gonna see some movement from from there to the NFL in the off season. But anyway, let's get on to news of the week. <laughs> Things took an awkward but expected turn on Monday night in Buffalo when several Bills fans, during a home game against the Patriots, decided to lob sex toys onto the field at New Era Field. And now one of them, a Florida man named Michael Abidalla, has been arrested for the act. For whatever reason, throwing these inanimate rubber objects on the field is just kind of a thing that Bills Mafia does, a tradition that puzzles many.
1: Yeah, maybe they should change their name to the Buffalo Dills. You know, it's probably the Bills' mafia, though, expressing their feelings for the team's front office. However, in that case, they should be tossing a big bag of dicks rather than just a single dildo.
0: Some fan
2: threw something right out on the field, too, and about the one-yard line. Yeah, initially I thought it might have been a flag, but I didn't say it because it didn't look yellow. Giants quarterback Kyle Letta was arrested after a traffic incident this week. He was arrested Tuesday morning in New Jersey, following a traffic incident while driving to the team facility. In a press release, police announced Luletta was charged with eluding police, a third-degree crime, obstructing administration of law, and resisting arrest. Luletta also received motor vehicle charges for reckless driving, disregarding an officer's direction, improper turn in marked traffic lane, and failure to remain in a marked lane.
1: Someone get this kid a white Bronco. And last week before the game across the pond, the Jaguars, uh, a few of their players skipped out on a $64,000 bar tab from a pub in London.
2: Yeah, the NFL Network reported the players were sent bottles of champagne and other pricey drinks. They believed the booze was comped, but it was not. And when the bill arrived, they refused to pay. Some of the lads tried to leave the club, but were prevented from doing so by security, the source told the London Sun. Things got pretty heated, and there was a lot of swearing and shouting, and things became physical.
1: You know, $64,000 spent at a bar. No wonder why most players are broke after being out of the league only three years. Even if that $64,000 of alcohol came with a round of blowjobs for the boys, it still wouldn't be worth it. You know, these guys are about as skilled at personal finance as they are in football.
2: Will their four-game losing streak come to an end this week? That's the $64,000 question.
1: All right, time to fire it up with our weekly picks. Here we go. And speaking of the Buffalo Bills, we are in Buffalo this week, and they are 10-point underdogs at home to my Chicago Bears. The Bears! The Bears! And uh, the Bears came off another impressive week. Like last week, they got an impressive win. And, uh, well, we're sitting nicely atop the NFC North.
2: What are you thinking about this, Andy? Well, last week, we kind of went on a limb and took them a a 7.5-point favorites, and they covered and that line moved up to 10 points by game did time Did it really? It did. I didn't notice that. Um now that this is starting at 10 on the road again, when was the last time Chicago was 10 point favorites on the road anywhere?
1: Yeah, and and I'm um, you got to, you know, Buffalo's offense is just a hot mess, but their defense is pretty stalwart. Yeah. Like they They're held Tom that, right? Brady pretty well uh last week. It was, you know, some special teams and uh the Patriots' defense that kind of got the very low-scoring
2: low first half. Yeah, very nine to scoring. six
1: or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. Now the Bears are they're going to be without the services of guard Kyle Long, who's
1: been ruled
2: out with a foot injury,
1: and that's tough. He's a good. He's one. He's one of our best.
2: Yeah, I just you know it, it is Nathan Peterman that's starting, not Derek Anderson's. So that's what the way it looks for Sunday. Peterman picked off Joseph. And he will go! Touchdown! <laughs> so what does that mean now you got Cleo Mack back uh I, I you know what man I just the wise guy in me says take the 10 points at home but the, I've been fading the bills all year and it's been paying off every week and it's the chalkiest play that I could possibly do but I'm God, i gotta go with the bears here man
1: yeah dude trubisky's been over 300 yards for like the past four weeks his touchdown interception ratio's gotten way better since last year and yeah. uh, the bears defense can create turnovers especially with nathan peterman throwing it to the other team like cutler used to throw it to the packers
2: well didn't he throw he threw five and one half last year
1: yeah yeah, this is, and you know, a lot of his picks are pick sixes as well, which aren't exactly easy to take.
2: Think the Bears will have a lot of fans at the stadium? I imagine so.
1: I imagine there'll be quite a few Bears fans there. They travel well. He fights, good, good. I like
2: it. All right, so I guess we're taking the, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs>
1: On to Cleveland, where massive changes this week have resulted in me just throwing up my hands and going, "I don't know what the hell's going to go on here." And uh, they are uh, nine-point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are just, you know, crushing everything in their path right now.
2: They are crushing everything in their path, but you know, as we talked about in the opening, usually when you got a coaching change, you get a little bump with the players. And these guys are at home. They've got a decent defense. Nine points is a hell of a lot in the NFL. Regardless of how well you think Kansas City's playing, any given week, if Patrick Mahomes is not 100 percent, you know, the wheels can fall off this bus. And Tyreek Hill, I believe, is questionable for the game with a hamstring injury. So even if he's playing, um, he's not going to be 100 percent. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take two road road favorites at almost ten points each. I'm going to go with Cleveland here. I think uh, they might show up for Greg Williams. I think they're going to show up for anyone that's not Hugh Jackson. The
1: defense is definitely going to show up for Greg Williams. Mm -hmm. They love they defensive players love their defensive coaches, especially guys like Williams. Who you know, although everybody put their hands up, we're like, oh my gosh, bounty gate. That's so horrible. That's how defensive players feel. Mm -hmm. So. A guy like Greg Williams, he's right at home there. I'm just wondering, you know, with Baker Mayfield... You don't want to see what happened to Alex Smith happened to Baker Mayfield where, the, you know, Alex Smith, I think it was five different offensive coordinators in five different years.
2: Yeah, you can't absolutely a, it was.
1: Yeah, you can't let a young quarterback just constantly change every year to throw out what he learned the last year, come into the next year and learn something completely new and expect them to get better mechanically as well. They've got to be brought along and with some sort of consistent philosophy. However, I do understand... Cleveland's, you know, the ownership's idea that you can't have a toxic environment as well. And if you've got two coaches sabotaging each other, that's ridiculous, especially with depending on, you know, seeing how much money they make uh, to get the team winning. And they seem to be more interested in sabotaging each other rather than getting their team wins. But that's the fucking Browns, right? Well, that's, the Browns. To that's a what fault. they
2: do. Um, you know, with Todd Haley not there, you can make the argument that Baker Mayfield. Uh, has kind of been given a blank check to play whatever style he wants to this week. And if he's gonna play like he did in college in a Wild West scenario, you might see some fireworks there.
1: Casey's secondary also is very exploitable. Great front oh, four, yeah. but their secondary is very exploitable. And uh-huh. if uh it's about Cleveland getting I'm 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 inclined to go with you here. Now I'm that's not saying I don't think Casey's gonna win on the money line. I think Casey's they're are going to be the AFC's choice this year for the Super Bowl, uh, like unless something uh, injury wise happens to one of their key players. But
2: uh, yeah, and right now the total's sitting at fifty one. I I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. So if you're going to look to uh, do a total bet on this one, lean to the over.
1: Vice city miami dolphins play host this week to the new york jets miami sitting as three point favorites and sometimes i just can't figure out what to make of the miami dolphins and when i look at the jets i see a quarter young quarterback that's getting better every week but he doesn't have the cast around him that a guy like um, patrick mahomes has in kc for example
2: well, as it relates to Miami, don't put away the schnitzel and sauerkraut yet, because even though the calendar says it's November, it's still Brocktoberfest. I'm so pros it, looks, it. I'm pros it.
0: drei, super,
2: pros! And so he's going to be starting, not Tannehill. I, ba- I personally don't think it matters to the line which one starts. I think the public favors Tannehill a little bit more. But Brock Osweiler, come on, man. That guy is going to, he's going to lay an egg here. And the Jets have a really good rushing attack with Powell. And I, you're right about them not having great receivers, but their defense is showing up. And yep. they, they had a laundry list full of injuries last week playing in the Windy City that was basically the reason why I picked the Bears to cover seven and a half. A lot of those guys are coming back healthy now. And I I just, I like the Jets in this spot taking the points. J-E-C-S, Jets,
0: Jets, Jets, Jets. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more.
1: On to Minnesota, where uh, the Vikings are four-and-a-half-point favorite to division rival Detroit Lions. And like I said in the beginning, Andy, what in Sam Hell were the Detroit Lions thinking trading Golden Tate, especially for a third-round pick?
2: Well, this was the most puzzling one. I actually, as soon as I read about it, I I recalled one of my Lions friends' fans, and he was dumbfounded as well. I mean, even the guys in the bleacher report going, why does this make sense?
1: Detroit's like, in the
2: playoff hunt. Oh, they're in the playoff. Hunt. They're in the and discussion. The the, you, the the new car smell on the running game is still very fragrant. They finally got the running game into place for the first time in decades. And what do you do? You trade your, your best receiver. You're going back to being one dimensional again. Like if you're, if you're an offensive player on the lions, you got to be scratching your head a bit because it doesn't make sense. You need to win this year. And this is a very winnable year. And I could say that across the board for every team in that division. Yeah. There's only one or two games separating them.
1: Dude. How pissed are you? If you're Matthew Stafford.
2: Well, let me tell you how pissed you are. If you're uh, Matt Patricia. Okay. So, I'm going to read this verbatim. I want to make sure I get this right. So, Patricia had a terse exchange at Wednesday's news conference over a reporter's supposedly bad posture. Here's the transcript. Reporter, why do you think this move makes your franchise better? Patricia, uh, well, you know, do me a favor. Just kind of sit up. Like, have a little respect for the process. Every day you come and ask me questions, and you're just kind of like, you know, give me this. Reporter, I'm sitting. Patricia, I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process. Reporter, okay, that's fine. Patricia, so ask me a question professionally and I'll answer it for you. Reporter, okay, why do you feel this move makes your franchise better? (laughs) Do you think Matt Patricia is a little frustrated with the way things went down?
1: Oh, he has to be. That's that's one of his biggest chess pieces getting taken off the table. And again, for no logical reason. Like Detroit, though, they just look at the... They say, thank God for the Cleveland Browns. Otherwise, we'd be the most dysfunctional organization in the league.
2: Right. And so this line at four and a half, I think it ticked down from an opening of six. Uh, Minnesota's way, had
1: a rough go over, though.
2: Last they, week, they, they, have, they didn't But cover you know those what? Fuckers. They're coming off a of bye week where they've had an opportunity to right the ship, the Viking ship, a little bit. Uh, by the way, Mike Zimmer, eight and one off a of bye week. So. I'm I'm screaming Vikings here, buddy. Screaming, Viking. screaming, <laughs> Viking. screaming, <laughs> Viking. screaming yeah. Vikings. Screaming yeah. Vikings. Screaming Vikings. <laughs> screaming Vikings. <laughs>
1: screaming Vikings. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. The professional football team from Washington, sitting high atop the NFC East, they are two point favorites against the visiting Atlanta Falcons, and I'm uh, I'm liking Washington here. What about you, Andy?
2: Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get near this game with my own wallet. But since we, make nor will for, I, picks for all of them because this is a very puzzling one. We all know what Atlanta can do on offense. Matty Ice is having a great season already. Washington though, it just seems to be getting it done. Like they're, they're finding ways to win with defensive scores. I'll give, you, I'll give you a surprising stat here. So this year alone, they held Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott to under 100 yards collectively. Not per game. All three of those guys did not score collectively over 100 yards rushing. So that's what that's that's your position, their defense. For that's you. an amazing front seven right there. It is. And they win ugly. Alex Smith is playing about as well as he had. Dottie might this year, and I'm a big Alex Smith fan. Um, Jordan Reed, though, hasn't been doing much, and I'm not really sure why. Now, they've got, they acquired HaHa ha Clinton Dix from Green Bay this week, so now they've got two of the best safeties in the league along with Josh Norman. Or Greg, yeah, Josh Norman.
1: Yeah, that HaHa that Cl- that ha Clinton Dix move that Detroit made or pardon me, that the Packers made. As a Bears fan, I'm just saying Detroit's giving it away. The Packers are giving it away. This is looking even better for us this year.
2: Yeah, that was another head-scratcher as well. Again, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I do. But Atlanta's defensive secondary is so horrific that I think Alex Smith could have a field day with him. I mean, if you're in a DFS league, he might put on a, a lightning show for you. At two points, as long as it stays under a field goal, I'm going to go with the home team, the professional football team from Washington. It is.
0: The
1: on to Carolina, where Cam Newton's having quietly one of the best years of his career. And uh, he's six and a half point favorites to the visiting Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are kind of uh, well. Jameis Winston proved why he probably isn't the future of the franchise, and Fitz is back in until he proves that he's Fitzpatrick again. What this this is just confusing.
2: Well, there's two kinds of Fitzes. There's Fitz coming off the bench, and there's Fitz starting a game, and the latter is not a good scenario. And the Panthers, as you say, the they're playing really well. I mean they're they're now in the they're now in the upper echelon of NFC teams. You had that 17 point comeback win against uh, the Eagles two weeks ago, and a very decisive win this past week. They're they're playing well on defense and offense. And when you've got Luke Kuechly and Cam Newton starting in the same game, they're against the spread record is phenomenal. And again, as long as it stays under the key number of seven. Uh, I'm going with the Panthers on this one, Chalky I, McChalk-Chalk.
1: Hey, I agree with you on Carolina. I'm I'm with you on that. Do you think this would be a good game? I'm, I'm not. I don't want to take away from your total prop tease segment. But is it this game that uh, you could look at teasing?
2: Uh, do, yeah, yeah. You could. Well, you're not really going through two key numbers though. You're just taking yeah. a six and a half down to a half. Yeah. Sure. I mean. That could easily happen. I'm not-
1: Carolina always finds a way to win, sometimes just not by six and a half.
2: That's true. That's true. I think they'll be fine here, though.
0: If you walk through the garden, you better
1: watch your back. Charm City, the Baltimore Ravens, are three-point favorites against division rival Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, the Ravens must love the fact that they are favorites against Pittsburgh because usually it's the other way around.
2: Yeah, well, this is a rematch of the Black and Blue Bowl uh, where last game's home team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, fell to the Ravens 26-14. to And Baltimore is just an odd team to figure out, man. You know, they'll, they'll go and lay 26 points on a Pittsburgh defense, but then they're going to lose to the Browns, and then they lose to the Saints. And then they lose to the Panthers. I mean, the Saints and Panthers are two good teams. But Baltimore has arguably the best defense in the league. And Pittsburgh's playing a lot better than they started out this season. Yeah, uh, connor has got the running game intact. Yeah, Le'Veon the go- who? Hmm? Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with that s- scenario. But obviously, he's not going to be playing with another jersey on this year
1: didn't quite turn out for him like it turned out for Emmett Smith back in whatever
2: that was 93 or whatever 92 when he held he out. Went to, right that's correct oh yeah held up for the first two games they went 0 and 2 and then when he came back they ended up winning the Super yeah. Bowl Le'Veon
1: yeah. Bell Connors just steps right in and fills his role and does it quite well and he's an excellent back out of the field when it comes to catching the ball as well he's made some great pa- catches in the flats and turned you know a 3 yard pass into a you know 15 20 yard gain just, it's a good yeah. runner.
2: And, oh, I I didn't mention this when we were talking about Cleveland and Hugh Jackson being fired. So they played the Steelers last week, lost decisively. Did you know that the last six head coaches fired in Cleveland during the season all came up after the second game against Pittsburgh? So Pittsburgh's the head coach killer for the Browns. The canary in the coal mine. Yeah, Uh, which that's an odd trend. But anyway... Yeah, I'm liking the underdog, the Steelers, to cover. I mean, seven of the last 15 times these two teams have met up, it's been a three-point differential. So likely you're just going to get a push here, but I'm going to take I'm going to take the dog in the points. And I know it's Pittsburgh on the road, but I think they're playing well enough. They have to win this game if they if they've got any chance of playing at home in, at the end of January against probably the Patriots or possibly Kansas City. This is a game that they need to win.
1: Oh, I think the bells are tolling midnight for uh, Joe Flacco's Cinderella story because I'm just waiting for him to turn into a pumpkin. Like, he's going to become Joe Flacco again. The, this, everything reverts to the mean. And uh, we know what Ben Roethlisberger is. We know who Antonio Brown is. We've talked about Connor. Also a fantastic offensive line, a stalwart defense. I think Pittsburgh, they, they had a rough opening to the season with a lot of drama happening in their uh, clubhouse, in the locker room. But uh, the last few games, they've been looking great. Big Ben plays well. Uh, I, I could see them covering three points in Baltimore. Off we go to the Mile High City, uh, where the uh, Denver Broncos are one-point favorites against the uh, Houston Texans. Interesting here, though, Houston added a key piece, a, a receiver, uh, to, to basically take the number two spot off and you know take the pressure off their number one man. But Denver also losing uh, Thomas. And if we roll the tape from last week's episode, I believe I'm the one that broke this rumor.
2: Now they don't have Chad Kelly. (laughs) And
1: the rumor is that Thomas might be traded as well. Oh, really? There's, Yeah, I've
2: been hearing rumors on the Twitter mill. (laughs) And ironically, uh, Thomas going to Houston, and Houston now playing in Denver, means that he's playing his old team at mile high. So this is kind of like a home game for him. But now, yeah, as you were saying, with Demarius Thomas there, and deandre hopkins deshaun watson has a arsenal of weapons to throw at and i think their defensive front seven is one of the best in the league you know you've got jj watt and merciless and clown we talked about these guys quite when a they bit. show
1: up they show up
2: and i you know i was i was big on houston last season and then they sort of crapped the bed and they got off to a really slow start this year and i was like ah here we go again but you know they're they're five wins. That's that's pretty impressive, and I, I think they're going to keep this going. And I, I don't really see this being a huge advantage at Mile High for them. Uh, Denver's not been playing well. They, you got to remember, it was only two or three weeks ago they gave up over three hundred runs, uh, three hundred yards on the ground to the Jets. And now you got Lamar Miller there, uh, and De- Deshaun Watson could get fifty on the ground quite easily against this defense. Easy. Yeah, I think uh, this is one of my one of my better picks for the week. I'm I'm taking the Texans.
0: Let's go. Sheer, uh-huh. You know Popin' team. How you go we go. This going green. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the playoffs. Go with all for my squad. See us holding it down for my city if you win will be
1: On to the home of the 12th man where the Shithawks play host to the LA Chargers and uh this, I can't believe the Shithawks are two point favorites here. I know the Chargers aren't used to playing in uh, you know shitty weather, but the Chargers Whoa. are playing
2: great offense. They, they did play in England. I guess that was an indoor game, though, wasn't it? Was a very lucky win for them. Um, it required it, re- it required Tennessee to go for a bone boneheaded two point uh, conversion attempt to lose the game in the final seconds as opposed to tie it. So at least they had two weeks, uh, including their bye, to enjoy that win by one point. But Seattle is, if if I were to hand out a most improved team uh, at midseason, the award would go to the Seattle Seahawks. Their offensive line is playing at least respectably. Uh, Their defense is playing well. Um, Of course, Russell Wilson, the guy's on fire. But now that they've found a decent running game, and as you say, you got the twelfth man, and I'm going to add another dimension here. So we all know that last game they honored uh, Paul Allen, who passed away, and the fans and the players loved him equally. Well, this week Jack Patera, their original head coach, died at the age of 85. So I think there's a sentimental angle here. I mean, you could say that about any one of those guys, but you got two and two in a week. Uh, uh, the twelfth man is going to it'll be the twelfth and thirteenth man. I think they're going to come full force and, you know, Joey Bosa is still not in the lineup for the chargers. I like Seattle at home standard under a field goal at two points.
1: Yep. Seattle only if they go under, only if it's under a field goal, anything over that, uh, that's dangerous territory. When
0: the saints, when the saints come marching in, marching in. When the saints come marching in, marching in,
1: The New Orleans Saints this weekend are going to play host to the surging L.A. Rams, uh, who last week just found a way to win by apparently willing a guy to just drop the ball in the end zone. That was great mind control by Sean McVay. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints are one and a half point underdogs at home. And I think uh the LA Rams, that's I think that spread's another gift this week. What are you thinking, Andy?
2: Um, well, more than the spread, I'm finding the total fascinating. I think this is the first time ever that a game has started at sixty points.
1: Yeah, I think that, that the uh that Las Vegas is starting to catch up with the new NFL and what legislating defense has done legislating defense out of the game is done to uh, offensive scores.
2: Yeah, in the last month, the Rams have beaten the 49ers and the Cardinals. Not not a big feat, but uh, Todd Gurley's just going on fire. and All these wide receivers are having field days. They're all awesome DFS picks if you want to get these guys in your fantasy league. Not that New Orleans is anything to sneeze at, um, but the Rams run the ball really well, and their defense plays really well, meaning that it travels well. And they're going to be in a dome situation, obviously, in New Orleans. And this isn't a slate against Drew Brees or Sean Payton or any of the the Saints. They're they're playing really well. I just think I don't. Know, the Rams aren't going to go perfect. They're not going to run the table this this season. But no, I. No, but it don't won't happen this week. It's not going to happen this week. Um, things are. Things are working so well for them right now. It'd be hard to bet against them. And as I say, New Orleans had two dramatic games with dramatic endings to them, and really how much you got left in a tank after all that. I know they're at home, but um, even everyone says, "Well, oh, their 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 home record is so much better than their away record." In the last four seasons, um, they're twenty and fifteen straight up at home. That's pretty average. So I don't think there's a huge. Uh, huge edge for them just because they're playing at the superdome. Now I, I like the Rams for this to cover. Uh, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be underdogs anywhere.
1: Hey, hey, go. New England Patriots.
0: are like no always in control.
1: And when you say- New England. New England Patriots New England Patriots and Last but not least for Sunday The Green Bay Packers find themselves In a pretty tough situation As after a tough loss last week They got a buck up And uh, head on the road to Gillette Stadium where they face the New England Patriots, Patriots 5.5 point uh, Favorites And man, Green Bay is just uh, They almost look like they're in full Retreat now after that haha clinton Dix trade
2: I, I wouldn't say that.
1: I think they need to I would because of- the Packers suck. Go Bears. Stop Bears.
2: Stop <laughs> Bears. Well, with Montgomery getting traded, that's a Belichick thing to do. Like, Belichick, if, if you fumbled in a key point in the game, you just weren't on the roster the next week. There wasn't a big to-do about it. You just weren't going to be there, and that was, that was the mood of the people. You knew that. And how could Montgomery, like, when you're in a tight playoff race like this in that division— and you're looking at this guy every day in practice going, you cost us one W. It didn't surprise me at all that he was gone. It seemed like an overreaction, but no, I totally get it on their point. Now, Aaron, uh, so the line right now is five and a half. It opened at six and a half. And when Aaron Rodgers is an underdog by six points or more, he's actually four and zero against the spread. Now, I'm not sure if you noticed, but at the beginning of the Bills game on Monday night, sorry, on Sunday night against uh, the Patriots. Oh, no, no, that was Monday night. Never mind. Um, Josh Gordon was not in the lineup in the first quarter. And that was as a result of Mr. Belichick, a.k.a. the hoodie, benching him for being 10 minutes late for a meeting. Now, in fairness to Gordon, I totally get, I can, I can make an excuse for him. Imagine that. He's new to the team. He walks in a wide receivers meeting, and he sees a bunch of white guys in the room. he he gets confused, turns around and leaves. And by the time he realizes a mistake, it's 10 minutes later and he's late for the meeting. Yeah. Give him a hall pass. I'll give him a hall pass. He's, he's good. And let's say, let's call a spade a spade here. New England's defense is bad, man. They They, are. are, And I think Aaron Rodgers can easily take advantage of that. Easily take advantage of that uh, with Adams and, and the guys that they have. I, I just like Green Bay to cover here. I know it's tough coming across the country after an uh, another hard road game that you lost barely, one that you shouldn't have. And you're coming across to go play Bill Belichick and Tom Brady at Gillette Stadium. But the guy's the guy's name's Aaron Rodgers, and right now I think he's playing any he's playing better than anyone for a quarterback. I'm I'm going with the I'm going with the pack.
1: Well, one thing uh, Aaron Rodgers uh has going for them is new england new england's loss of sony michelle they're one dimensional again he was he brought a whole other area of football to the new england patriots they haven't seen since almost curtis martin
2: yeah no feature back since him and you know remember burkhead got injured earlier he's out this season
1: you know and and that he whether you like to admit it or not you need a rushing game because, man, look at what Todd Gurley does for Jared Goff. He takes so much pressure off him because the front seven has to respect the run. And now, once again, you can think, what did Tom Brady, th- uh, 45 passes last game? You know?
2: Uh, oh, it was at least that.
1: Right. So there you have it. I Five and a half points. I'd take uh, Green Bay to anything but a field goal.
2: Yeah, probably. Um, it's certainly not the... Next man up scenario in in the Rams like it is in in New England. Like, are they going to get? We're going to talk about the peanut vendor.
0: Peanut, jack, ice cold beer.
2: Yeah, take the pack. Take the pack with the points.
1: Now we go down south to Dallas, where the Cowboys, who play much better at home, are six and a half point favorites against the Tennessee Titans. But uh, six and a half points, Andy, what do you think about that? Do you think the Dallas Cowboys can actually uh, win by more than a touchdown?
2: Well, your point about being better at home than on the road applies more to the Dallas Cowboys than it does to any other team this season. In fact, they're perfect three and three and one at home, and they're a perfect zero and four on the road. And what I thought about that. You know the electric fences that you can get for your dog, so if he strays too far from the near the perimeter, he gets a little zap? You bet. I think that's what happens with Jason Garrett when he leaves the greater Dallas area. His IQ drops about 20, 25 points. <laughs> and as long as this game is in Dallas, which last I checked it is, um, he won't have as many boneheaded plays as he normally does on the road. He'll still have a couple, but not as many. Now, Tennessee, let's... Okay, we saw that boneheaded play. Speaking of boneheaded plays, going for the two-point conversion in London. That was ridiculous, but hang on. You know, obviously 2020 is a wonderful thing to have. When they played against the Ravens, not only did they get, did uh, Mariota get sacked 11 times in that game, but they had 11 possessions. They did not get one first down, and they ended up punting the ball on all 11 possessions and scored zero points that game. And now you've got the Amari Cooper effect in Dallas. Now, the guy has I don't know, he's had like what, a week, not even a week to practice with them. But his his mere presence there with Cole Beasley now is going to loosen things up for Zeke even more. And Dennis is horrible against the run. So well, Zeke's going to have a big day.
1: You got to think Dak's happy they brought well, him a little help for a change. Yeah,
2: maybe he'll throw for over 200 yards for the second time this season. <laughs> So, speaking no, I don't of think which, do you think points. they
1: can put up enough o- offense to get more than a touchdown on the Tennessee Titans? Though, because if Tennessee does play, a lot of times they win by uh, they never blow teams out. That's oh, for they sure. win
2: ugly, man! They win ugly, super ugly, and they cover spreads ugly too. That's what I hate about Tennessee. My fr- my initial reaction when I saw this line was, "Wow, I'm surprised it's this high." I was thinking maybe this would be three and a half or four, but it's Monday night prime time in Dallas. I I just I think Dallas is gonna have a big game here. Like they, they slapped forty points on the Jaguars defense. How so, about them cowboys? How about them cowboys?
0: How about them cowboys? Yeah! Please hang up and try
1: again. And now we move on to a fan favorite segment. It's called Andy's Total Prop Tease. And this is where Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. We invite our listeners to do the same thing on our Facebook page and a successful total prop tease is any combo that hits 2 out of the 3. So Mr. Prognosticator, time to take off that hat, put on your swami hat.
2: Yeah, so for the total, we're looking to a primetime game that features two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And this line is sitting at 56 and a half, which seems reasonable at the surface. But if you look a little deeper and if you try to picture the way that their, their, their scheme is going to play out and what their game plan is going to look like, I've got a feeling there's going to be a lot more running plays than, than you're going to expect and what the public is going to expect. The public is going to drive this thing up a lot higher than it sits right now at 56 and a half. Um, so wait till game time to make, make your under bet but I'm I'm certainly taking this one under. I I think this one should be comfortably under, probably sit around 50, 51 points. My next, the next proposition, sorry, let me start that over. For our prop bet, we also are going to look to a high-scoring game to go under, but that is in its first half, and that's the Rams-Saints game, though we talked about being the highest total on the board ever in the history of Las Vegas betting. The first half, Line is set at 29 and a half. And I'm looking for these guys to get a slow start, to feel each other out, get Todd Gurley, get Kamara and Ingram involved in the game early. And I don't see this hitting 30 points before the 30-man of Mark. And lastly, the tees. This is very straightforward. You got Houston, who's a plus one right now. Take them up to seven going through the key number of three and hitting seven and then we go to la rams right now they're sitting as 1.5 point underdogs tease that up to seven and a half going through the two key numbers of three and seven again
1: well thank you to all of our fans for listening to episode nine of almost wise guys if you like what you heard make sure you hit the subscribe button on itunes or soundcloud so you don't miss a show You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 9 games across the NFL. Please submit any questions you have to AlmostWiseGuys at gmail.com or right onto our Facebook fan page. From Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner.
2: If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Well, I'm packing up my game and i am going head out west with real women
0: come equipped with scripts and fake press Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Buy an old drop top, find a spot to Then I'm a kid, rock it up and down your block with a bottle of scotch and watch, lots of crash, Buy a yacht with a flag, saying chilling the most Then rock that boots down Get thrown in the mix and tossed out of bars. Sip the tea, you wanna, I wanna roam. Find town telling rules and come back home. Start an escort service for all the right reasons. And set up shop at the top of four seasons. Kid Rockin', I'm the real McCoy. And I'm headed out west somewhere. Because I wanna be a cowboy, baby. Oh. With a top leg. blowing when my train rolls in. It goes like dust in the wind. I once was lost, but
2: now I'm just blind. Palm
0: trees and weave, scab knees and rice. Get a map to the stars, find Heidi flights. And if the price is right, then I'm gonna make my bid, boy, and let California know No one call.